Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Today we're going to be talking about four principles that will assure you of being a financially fruitful person. Financial fruitfulness is not about wealth accumulation. It's about God blessing you and you turning around and being a blessing to others and having that virtual cycle increase in speed and in quantity over time. And so I can't wait for you to hear these four principles, these four spiritual principles that will absolutely transform how you view and how you treat your money. seven steps to position you for financial fruitfulness. And let me just remind you what they were. What I'm going to talk about today won't work unless you take those seven steps from last Sunday. It won't. These things that I tell you will be dead in the water. In fact, I'll tell you this. You won't even be able to do these four principles today unless you adopt these seven attitudes that we talked about last Sunday. Have you given any thought? I want to ask you to raise your hand. But have you given any thought to the things that we mentioned last Sunday? I'll be honest with you, I've been thinking about them all week long. We were on vacation, and I've been thinking about them all week long. They're so useful. They're so helpful. But let me tell you again, if my phone will stop dying here, um, one is obey. If you learn a life, if you lead a life where God is influencing you, you will be blessed. The Bible says that. If you obey God, you will be blessed. God loves everybody. But he only blesses those who are obedient, who are influenced by him. All right? So that was number one. Number two was <laughs> to humble, to humble yourself before the Lord. The humble will be favored by God. God gives grace to those who are humbled by their circumstances. And so you'll have God's favor in your life if you live a humble or lead a humble life. Uh, let's see. Hopefully I don't skip over anything here. Um, you, listen, number three, you've got to be willing to receive from the Lord. You can't be one of these people that if, if you receive a blessing, you say, no, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I do that all the time. I don't deserve it. Stop saying you don't deserve it. Jesus, through Jesus' death, he's qualified you. And you can literally say, because of Jesus, I deserve the blessings of God. It blows my mind. It's very humbling if you stop and think about it. But be willing to receive and show your dependence on God. Let's see what else we talked about. Here's the next one. Be compassionate. Why do you need to be compassionate in order to have financial fruitfulness? Because if you're compassionate, your heartstrings will be pulled when there's a need and you'll be generous. And remember this, you can't start being financially fruitful until you give. The Bible says, give, and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, be poured into your lap. So we've got to be compassionate in order to be generous. If we don't have compassion, obviously we'll never give, either of our time, emotion, money, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the, the fifth one, is you've got to be a hard worker. You've got to be financially fruitful. You have got to be a hard worker. But you've got to be a hard worker for Jesus. He's got to be your boss. You might have a physical boss that you work for, but at the end of the day, Jesus is your boss, and you do everything for him. Work hard for Jesus. Um, in fact, remember last week, the, the Apostle Paul said, he who doesn't work doesn't eat. I mean, he was a hardcore <laughs> 
<laughs> like, you know, there's no entitlement in the kingdom of heaven except for the fact that Jesus has entitled you to everything. It's just unbelievable. The gospel is absolutely unbelievable. The sixth one, I need to hurry through this because I got a lot to cover today, is praise the Lord and enjoy him. And there's a, there's a scripture in Psalm 67. It talks about as you praise the Lord, the harvest starts coming to you. Victory starts coming to you. And so praise God. Give him all the glory. Enjoy his presence. And in doing so, he's the God of victory. He's going to start fighting for you. He's going to start winning those battles for you. And the last one that we covered last time is seek the divine instead of the material. Seek the divine. Seek what God has for you in heaven, what he releases to you in your life. Instead of looking for all the material blessings, seek the spiritual blessings, and the material blessings will follow as needed. All right, so four principles today. So you got to do those seven for these four to even work, all right? But four principles that will assure you financial fruitfulness. I didn't say assure you wealth and riches and a Lamborghini. I said financial fruitfulness. There's a big difference, all right? Don't get me wrong. God wants to prosper you, but he's not looking to make every single one of his children rich. We're to be rich in spirit, rich in, rich in our souls, rich in the, the, in the riches of heaven, or which are far better than financial riches. But we want to be financially fruitful. Let me ask you, if somebody was in need right now and they needed $100, all right, their need was legitimate, okay? Would, do you have $100 in your pocket right now that you could pull out and say, let me help you, brother, let me help you, sister? Do you? Some of you do, and some of you don't. Wouldn't you like to be the one that had the $100 that's just burning a hole in your pocket, ready to be given to someone in need? That's what financial fruitfulness is all about, is having money cycle through you so that you can be generous on every occasion, not just with $100, maybe more, maybe a lot more. So let's look at four principles that will assure you financial fruitfulness so that God can start using, using you mightily and powerfully for the kingdom of heaven. Genesis 12, 2 Puts it all into perspective. Remember this from last week. God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and you, in turn, are going to be a blessing to others. That's what financial fruitfulness is all about, is I'm going to bless you, and you can turn around, and you can start being a blessing to other people. So here's number one, the first, first principle, and it's all about giving, because that's, that's how blessing starts in our lives, is when we start giving. It's when we start giving. And I want to remind you, I'm not looking for you to give to this church so that I do better. I'm a volunteer pastor. I don't take a salary here, all right? This is about you. This is about you being blessed, all right? So how do you get blessed? You just start giving, man. I heard about this one lady. She didn't have anything to give. She heard these principles, and she started taking some pictures off of her wall and giving them to people. I mean, you give what you have, if you have a dollar, give a dollar. Get the cycle going. If you have 50 cents, get the cycle going. And the blessings of God are going to start flowing in your life. Why? So that you can be fat, rich, and, ha and, and happy? No. So that you can give even more and give even more. God wants us to grow in the grace of giving. 
I'm so excited about this. So here's the first one. It's an obvious one. Giving to the poor. Who is the poor? Well, that's relative. You know, some people might look at me and say, I'm poor because they have a billion dollars. All right. Other people might be pulling in six to eight hundred dollars a month. And and they might be actually rich by pe- by standards of people in in Africa or in Asia or in, in some place where there's a lot of poverty. All right. So poverty is a very relative term. And and uh, we all have our own definitions of what that is. But look at before we talk about giving to the poor, I want you to listen to these scriptures in Deuteronomy 15, 4. And I'm going to tell you everything I say today is in complete humility. I'm not here to tell you, you know, God's going to do this for you and God's going to do that for you. I'm just reading the Bible and I'm blown away by what I read here. And I want you to be amazed by it as well. So read with me. In Deuteronomy 15, verse 4, we'll throw it up on the screen here. It says, however, their need, this is, this just blows my mind. Moses is talking to the Israelites as they're coming into the promised land. And here's what he says. It's just mind boggling. He says, however, there need be no poor people among you. There, there's no need for anybody to be poor, to, to lack for their needs or even for some of their wants. There's no need for it, the scripture says. For in the land the Lord your God has given you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you. And of course, you take the Bible, even the Old Testament, and you apply it to your Christian life. And I look at our church, and I look at any life-giving church, and I say, there need be no poor among us. There's, there's no need for it. Why? Because God wants to bless each and every one of us. But look at this. <laughs> Just a few verses down in this same chapter, what, what Moses says, as inspired by God, because he's speaking the word of God here, he says, there will always be poor people in the land. <laughs> crazy. He says, there doesn't need to be anybody, but you know what? Human nature is going to kick in. All right. A a mindset's going to kick in and there will always be the poor among you. So with that in mind, therefore, I command you to be open handed toward your fellow Israelites, toward your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't, don't be tight fisted, be open handed. And I'll remind you, I am not in favor of the thought that the New Testament church was some kind of commune where everybody lived, and, and you can borrow my shirt today, and it wasn't like that, all right? <laughs> all right, there, there was a lot of giving, but there's the need for you to have your own house, and you to have your own space, and to have your own kind of emotional, you know, space where people don't infringe, so that you can, you know, be replenished every day. So I'm not, I'm not asserting that. But listen, be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. That's just, just amazing. You know what? There's a higher place where you and I can live. We need to find that place of financial fruitfulness. Because listen to this. What is poverty in this context? Poverty is not being financially fruitful. All right. 
Poverty is not the way that we see it. Oh, I make more than you or less than you, or I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't align with the national poverty standards. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about poverty is not being financially fruitful. It's, it's not being blessed of God and therefore not being a blessing that God can use. That's what poverty is. So in other words, you could be very wealthy, have a lot of money in the bank, and you are poor. You are poor. Because that, that blessing is not cycling through you. God wants to use you. I've said this already. As a middle schooler making $10 allowance, he wants you to be financially fruitful. A high schooler, a poor college student, all right? A family that's struggling to make ends meet. He wants you to be financially fruitful. This is for everyone, including the retiree who's living on a fixed income. Look at this. As we talk about poverty, it's not being financially fruitful, all right? Numbers 13, 20, it says, um, uh, uh, Moses is talking about the soil of the promised land. He says, how is the soil? Because he was going to send in these spies to take a look at the land. He says, give us a report. How's the soil? And listen to how he describes the soil. Is it fertile or is it poor? Is it fertile or is it poor? In other words, is the soil producing something that bears fruit? God wants you to bear financial fruit so that you can be a blessing on every occasion. He wants to take care of your needs according to his riches and glory. He even wants to spoil you sometimes with a want or two every so often. You hear me? I hope you believe me. It's the truth. It's the truth. Is this, is this soil fertile or is it poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some fruit from the land. God wants your finances to be fruitful for the kingdom of heaven. He wants your finances to be fruitful for the kingdom of heaven. And today, I'm going to give you four principles how you can start being fruitful. This is the exciting thing. The first one is find somebody who doesn't have much and bless them with something that they need. Just go find somebody that has a need. They may not even be in town. Maybe it's something that you can send some money over, wire some money over on Zale or something. Get them some money. Buy them a meal. Do something for somebody in need, and that's going to start the cycle of blessing in your life so that you can even do more and more. But start today. Look at this in Galatians 2.10. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. <laughs> Can you remember someone who's less fortunate than you? Do you know of somebody that's less fortunate than you? And I guarantee you all of us know of someone who's hit hard times and needs some help. Go help them. Go help them. I'll never forget there was a piece of equipment in my house that broke several years ago. And we were having some financially difficult times. And out of the blue, this friend of mine just replaced the equipment for free and said, don't worry about it, Steve. I will never forget that blessing. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that guy. He, he blessed me when I was having a hard time. Can you be a blessing to someone else and start the cycle of blessing? Not so that you can have financial security, because believe me, in this world, there is no financial security. 
There's only eternal security, all right? And God can give you that. There's no social security. There's only eternal security. And you can start your eternal security by being a blessing to someone who's in need. And it's exciting. It's a, to bring a smile to someone's face when they're in need is the best feeling in the whole wide world. The whole wide world. I'll tell you what. But look at this. Proverbs 19.17. It says, um, those who are gracious to the poor lend to the Lord. The Lord will fully repay them. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Every dollar that you give, every minute of time that you give, every bit of emotion that you give, God is going to repay you personally and take care of it. That's the financial fruitfulness of this principle right here, is that for every dollar you give to someone else, God is going to take care of you. He's going to reimburse you. He's going he's to cover the costs of what you've done. And we know God. He always goes above and beyond. He always does more. It's like lending to God. In fact, I get from this scripture, you know what God's going to do? He's going to pay you back, but he's going to pay you back with interest. Why? So that you can have financial security? No, so that you can have eternal security and be financially fruitful. Well, let's keep reading on here. The second principle, all right? And it's, it's tithing, all right? It's tithing to the Lord. I tell you what, I haven't talked about this more than four times in the last six years, all right? But here goes. Here goes tithing. I'm a big proponent of tithing. I've taught my kids to tithe because my parents taught me to tithe. And I've been blessed my whole life because I've tithed. I've, I've faithfully, I've lived off of 90% of my income. I don't say I'm not bragging. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you what I've done. God has blessed our family because we've tithed. So let's talk about tithe. Here's the second principle of financial fruitfulness. And, and it's this. A tithe is, it literally means 10%. 10. 10% of what? 10% of what we call your gross income. See, whenever, if you get a paycheck, all right, there's taxes taken out. There could be insurance taken out. There could be other things like maybe uh, the, your, your employer takes your parking and pays for your parking out of your paycheck. Your gross income is that top line. It's above the taxes. It's above the insurance. It's above anything else that's taken out. It's that top line, the total amount of money that you earn in your salary, your fixed income, or however you're, you're receiving your income. So listen to this in Levit Leviticus 27 verses 30 and 32, God commands uh, this about the tithe, all right? It says, a tithe of everything, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain, because these guys were farmers, all right? They were uh, shepherds, all right? A tithe of everything, whether the grain from the soil, the fruit from the trees, it belongs. Remember this, it belongs to God. It belongs to God. To God. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. All right? It belongs to God. It is holy to the Lord. Every tithe of the herd and the flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. So to make it abundantly clear what a tithe is, it's every tenth animal that comes under the rod of, of the shepherd. All right? So it belongs to God. Listen to this. There's an example. I think I heard this from my dad. 
there was a, a pastor uh, who started a church similar to this one, but he didn't have enough parking. And right across from the church was a supermarket or grocery store that had plenty of parking. So the, the pastor you know, got, the, got the space rented. He went over to the manager, the owner of the, of the supermarket there, and, and he asked, um, can we, I see that you're closed on Sundays, can we use your parking during church? And the, let's call it the owner, said, absolutely. Be happy. You can use it. You can use it for free. And, and so as the pastor was leaving, he says, you know what, the, the owner stopped him and said, you know what, though there's two weeks a year that I don't want you to use it. And the pastor said, well, which, which two weeks do you not want me to use it? He says, I don't care. You pick. He said, well, that's, that's strange. Why, why can I use it for 50 weeks but not the other two weeks? He said, I just want you to remember that's my parking lot. <laughs> you know what? That's what God is trying to tell us with a tithe. I want you to remember, it's all mine. It's all mine. You get to, you, you get to keep 90% of it, but 10% of it is mine. It belongs to me. All right? So in Malachi, if that weren't strong enough, in Malachi 3, 6, verses 6 through 12, listen to this statement here. All right? In fact, I'm going to turn around and look at the screen here. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. I, the Lord, do not change. Does that mean God makes rules and then changes those rules? Or he, he, he has principles that he has in mind, and he says, ah, you know what? Nah, I don't, I don't buy into that. I'm going to change. And it says, I, the Lord, do not change. And then he starts talking about tithing. He says, so that you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, God says. And he's talking to us right here, all of us, and me, all of us. He's saying, return to me. Come back to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? And that's exactly what we'd say. I don't know. What are you talking about, God? I'll return, but how? He's very clear. He says, will you, a mere mortal, rob God, and yet you rob me? And you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. Why? That 10% belongs to God. It belongs to God. In tithes and offerings, you were under a curse, your whole nation, because you were robbing me. Bring the whole tithe from the gross income that I told you about, before insurance, before taxes, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The whole tithe, again, is as I've described, is that, that amount that you make. And I wanted to give you an example. I think a picture or calculations are worth, worth, a, worth a million words right here. You make a thousand a month, what's a tenth? It's 100 a month. Am I trying to get your money? No, I'm not. <laughs> I really am not. This is so that you can be blessed. You're about to see the blessing that God promises for making this kind of a decision. 100 a month. If you make 50 a month, you, 5 a month. If your allowance is 50 bucks a month, $5 belongs to the Lord God Almighty. It just does. I'm, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what God thinks and is expressed in the word of God. All right? So 
Here's the financial fruit from making this decision right here, continuing on in Malachi 3. God says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not be room enough to store it all. Is tithing a leap of faith for the person who hasn't been doing it? You betcha. <laughs> Is it a leap of faith to go from using 100% of your income to just 90% and seeing the other 10% in your mind just vaporize? Yeah, that's scary if, you, if you're not in the habit of doing it. But God says, you watch out. I'm going to pour out so much blessing. It's going to make up for the 10% and then some. And then some. He says, I will prevent, he didn't just stop there, I'm going to prevent pests from devouring your crops. And I'll give you an example. I gave it to you a few weeks ago. Our wash machine went out. And the little code pops up on the thing, like what it is. So my wife, who's very uh, good with YouTube and finding how to fix things better than I am, she looks it up and the, the code means that thing is shot and you need to go buy a new one or spend several hundred dollars to fix the inside of it. So what do we do? We've been tithing. We lay our hands on that wash machine. We pray for that wash machine. Try it again and it works and it's continued to work ever since. What does he do? He prevents the pest from devouring. It talks about you having holes in your pockets. You put money in your pocket and it just falls out. Well, you know what? He's going to sew up those holes and he's going to start blessing you, making sure that your money lasts as it needs to last. Am I selling you on this enough? <laughs> Financially fruitful. This is the financial fruit from deciding to tithe. Now, I know some of us, and it's all right, but some of us pop 20 bucks in the offering or 50 bucks or 100 bucks or $5 or whatever every time you come in. Let me tell you what, the tithe is not a tax. I preached on this once. The tithe is not a tax. You're not being taxed. It just belongs to God. <laughs> all right? And so you need to go home. If you're just putting money in, God works on percentages. He doesn't work on some totals. All right. There's a there's a lady, a very impoverished lady in the temple. And Jesus was there with his disciples and she put a very tiny, small amount of money in there. And you know what Jesus said? She just gave all she has. God looks at percentages. He doesn't look at dollar totals. And we need to do the same thing. If that's how God does things, we need to do the same thing. So go home, if you're just doing dollars, and figure out what percentage that is of your income to see if you're giving your tithe or not. I don't know about you. I want God's blessing in my life. I want all of God's blessing in my life. And this is the way that this starts happening right here is, is, is in the tithe. Now, is the tithe in the New Testament? That's, you know, people always say that. Well, first of all, I tell you, Malachi, it says, I, the Lord, don't change. The way he saw things before Jesus lived and died and resurrected and went to heaven is the same way that he sees things afterwards, with the exception that Jesus paid the sacrifice and we don't need to provide a sacrifice anymore because Jesus fulfilled that aspect of the law. All right? But when it comes to the Ten Commandments, did God say, you know what? Murder, I don't know. It's okay. 
you know, it's all right sometimes to murder and sometimes it's not. No, it's always wrong. It's always been wrong. It always will be wrong. God doesn't change and his principles don't change either. All right, so is this in the New Testament? Well, if you look in Matthew 23, 23, it's as clear as day um, that it's a, a New Testament teaching. In fact, the New Testament is far more aggressive in principles of giving than simply the tithe. Jesus went up to a rich young ruler and said, give it all away, <laughs> 100% of it. So if we're bickering over 10% and God's saying, give me everything that you have. Give me your whole life. Give me all, everything. That's far greater sacrifice than just giving 10% to the Lord, right? But Jesus is talking to some, some religious folks, some teachers of the law, some Pharisees, and he calls them hypocrites. And he says, you give tenth, a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, uh, cumin, but you have neglected more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then he says, you should have practiced the latter. In other words, continue to tithe without neglecting the former, having justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Jesus was very clear. The tithe is still something that, that 10% still belongs to God. That hasn't changed. And it is what it is. And I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to water it down. But I'm going to tell you, Test God in this and see if he doesn't bless your socks off. And I'm going to say something that's totally unbiblical, all right? I might get rotten tomatoes thrown at me. This is just Steve Norman's opinion, all right? But what, from what I've seen of God's nature, God is all about baby steps. God's all about baby steps. He's not going to crush you if you don't go from zero to ten in, six, in four seconds, Test God. Give him a percent. And then give 2%. And give 3%. Work your way up to that. Because God's nature is so kind, so gracious, so loving that he wants to take you there little by little. He'll go as fast as you're willing to go. Sometimes we look at God and we say, oh, God, you're so slow. When are you going to do what I'm telling you to do? And he's looking at us and saying, you are so slow. <laughs> you are so slow. God is patient, God is loving, God is kind, and he takes us there little by little. All right, here's number three. Are you guys with me still so far? All right, to me, here's the really good part. <laughs> These are the things I didn't even know a month or two ago, and I've been studying them, I've been practicing them, and I've already been seeing fruit from them, which just blows my mind. So you need to experiment with the truths of the Bible. Experiment with them. Try them out. See if they don't work for you, and then you'll be motivated and desirous to continue to do them. So number three is give God your first fruits. Well, what on earth are these first fruits? I had no idea. I thought the first fruits was the tithe. But in reality, the first fruits is something entirely different from the tithe and really a cool thing, all right? Give God the first fruits of your harvest. See, back then, they would have harvest after harvest after harvest. And I can't remember the, the order of them, but they would have a harvest of wheat. They would have a harvest of grapes. They, in fact, we were in East Texas, and we saw 
uh, well, not East Texas, but middle, central part of Texas, and we saw at a peach stand that they had a blueberry harvest at a certain time of the year, a peach harvest at a different time of the year, and then there was some other kind of fruit. I can't remember what it was. Well, it so went with their harvest and their grape harvest. It was at different times, and they were like back-to-back harvest after harvest. Well, what they would do is they'd give their first fruits of the harvest. They would take like a cluster of grapes and say, yummy, yummy, this looks really good, man. I'm going to give this as my first fruits to the Lord. And they would, I love it, here it describes, they would make a basket in Deuteronomy 26 two. They would make a basket. Have you ever gotten a gift basket with, you know, chocolate and cheese and crackers and, and all kinds of yummy things? And you, 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 we do this sometimes. We'll get around the table and try all the different jellies that are in those baskets. That's what this, this basket was like, a basket of first fruits that they would bring to the temple and say, I, it's just a token of my appreciation to God for even giving me a harvest. And they brought their first fruits to the Lord that way. What a cool thing. Well, you say, I'm not a farmer, Steve, so I don't get how I'm supposed to do this. Well, a harvest for us might be a raise at work. You're making $15 an hour, and now they give you $17 an hour. And so you say, you know what? I want to take that difference between the 17 and the 15 and a week's worth of those $2, I just want to bring in rejoicing to the Lord that I have my first fruits. God has given me a harvest, and I want to just bless God with this first fruits. Or maybe you get a bonus. Or maybe you get a birthday present out of the blue of some, some, some money. You just want to show God. It doesn't tell us in the Bible how much. It's just a token of appreciation that can fit in a basket, if you will. You know, it's just showing God, I just love you, God. I'm so grateful for my raise. I'm so grateful for my bonus. I'm so thankful that you, you maybe somebody's on food stamps. You gave me a little bump in my food stamps. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. And you give God some of your first fruits. It says in Proverbs 3, Verses 9 through 10, here's the financial fruitfulness from this. We've seen financial fruitfulness from giving to the poor. God reimburses you. Tithe, he's going to open the floodgates of heaven. You won't be able to contain it all. He'll prevent the pest from eating your your crops. He'll sow holes in your pockets so that your money doesn't fall out. He'll heal your washing machine, all right? And then there's a financial fruit here of these first fruits. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. See, God is so good. He doesn't tell you, you got to do this or I'm going to punish you. He does it the opposite way. He says, do this and you're going to be blessed. Positive reinforcement is how human beings tend to operate best. And that's how our creator, our father, our savior, our redeemer, he knows us best. And that's what he does for us. He says, do this and you're going to be blessed. Experiment, try it out and you will be blessed. Your barns are going to be filled to overflowing. Oh man, God is so good. God is so good. Isn't this good? Does it take some effort? Is it scary? Yes. (laughs) If you're not doing it. But try it and see if God doesn't bless you abundantly. Now, here's the fourth one. By the way, this fourth one only works if you're tithing. Because 
This fourth one is above and beyond the tithe. And you'll see what I mean here in just a second. But it's this. It's plant your financial seed. Plant your financial seed. That 90% that you're left with is not just for you to go, whoo, spin and go crazy and do whatever you feel like. There's some seed in there that you need to plant. You need to take some of that 90% and do some spiritual planting so that you can assure yourself of multiplied fruit coming from planting that seed. All right? So this is why personal budgets are so important. And Okay, so my background is I'm an accountant. I'm actually a CPA. I, I, I do money. I've done money up until about 15 years ago when my career kind of changed and I did something else. But I hate personal budgeting. Is anybody else with me? <laughs> I wish somebody else would do it for me. There's six members of my family all vying for that dollar. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like the safeguard. I'm the gatekeeper, and my wife is, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm joking. There, it's not that bad. But when six people have a different thought of how to spend money, it's challenging, and budgets are hard. But you need a personal budget because you don't want to eat your seed. You need a personal budget so that you don't eat your seed. If you're not planting a seed, you're not going to have a harvest. And God wants you to have a harvest. So I'm getting much of this from a little book that I read. And I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> but it was really good. And the, the author of that book said, if you, if you have a peach tree and that, that fruit, or excuse me, that tree bears a peach, you take that peach. Should I go take that peach and just bury it? No. You eat the peach and then you bury the seed. You don't want to waste the peach, but you don't want to waste the seed either. God has given you everything for your enjoyment. A part of financial fruitfulness is enjoying the money, the resources, and the things that God gives you. Enjoy them. There's nothing. You don't need to be overly frugal. Enjoy what God has given you, but don't waste the seed. Have you ever tried to eat a peach seed? I haven't, but I can only imagine it would hurt <laughs> really bad, and the taste probably wouldn't be very good. God never intended you to eat your seed. So take some of that 90% and begin to plant it, all right? I mentioned this, and uh, I've already mentioned the scripture, but First, First Timothy 6.17, God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. There's nothing, I, we just came back from a little vacation camping vacation. It was so much fun. We just enjoyed ourselves, man. Uh, it was just fun. I enjoyed spending that money on that vacation. It'll be a wonderful memory before my older children grow up and, and do their thing. Enjoy what God has given you. Don't feel guilty about some, spending some money on yourself and doing something nice for yourself. That's part of being financially fruitful. But look at this about sowing the seed. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 11 
says it as well as any other place that I can find in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. And if you get the daily text of what to read, you'll see this scripture this week. And you'll want to study it closely. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But whoever sows generously will reap generously. And I'll tell you, I'll admit this. I have eaten my seed. I'm 52, 53. I can't remember how old I am. Anyways, all these years, I've almost always eaten my seed. Isn't that tragic? Hey, but I'm learning a new trick, all right? I'm learning more what the Bible is telling me to do. I have already, and, and I, 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 I hate to keep telling you about, you know, my situation, but I was laid off in December, but you have to kind of see my situation so that you can see I'm not just giving this from a theoretical standpoint, I'm practicing this stuff for myself, and I'm seeing fruit from it. So you have to see my situation, kind of live life with me so that you can see, okay, Steve isn't just talking, you know, he, he's, he's saying things that he's practicing himself. But so we're living off of savings right now. And I realized, oh my word, some of those savings are, it's seed. It's seed. I need to plant some seed. And we have, we've taken some of that money. We've planted the seed and I'm already starting to see some fruits from that decision. So if you look at your, your situation, you say, oh, I can't do that. I don't. Look at my situation. I'm doing it, and it's working for me. And it can work for everybody. It can work for everybody. So it says, sow generously so that you can reap generously. Now, again, this is the seed above and beyond that 10%. We're not talking tithe here. We're talking after you've tithed, you have some seed to sow. And it says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Walk in there. Now, I pay mine online. I just do it on my Chase app and give my tithes and, and do things that way. But walk in here cheerfully and say, God, I'm going to give you your tithe. I'm going to sow some seed into this ministry or another ministry that you might pick that's fruitful. I'm going to sow my seed, and God is going to richly bless you. You're going to have financial fruitfulness that I believe you've never experienced before. Never experienced before. He loves a cheerful giver, and God is able. Now, this word able in the Greek, in the Greek is, is dunamis. He is, has dynamite power. Dynamite power to bless you abundantly. To bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he had, um, uh, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now look at this. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. Who is God going to give seed to? He's going to give seed to the person who decides they're going to be a sower. All right? So God gives seed to the person who considers them a sower, who practices spiritual sowing of seed. All right? And he's going to enlarge your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, spiritually, emotionally, materially, in every way you're going to be enriched so that you can be what? Generous on every occasion. Start with a dollar. Start with 50 cents. Start somewhere for crying out loud and sow some seed 
so that the, the, the cycle of blessing can begin to start churning in your life. You're going to start seeing things you never dreamed. Why? Because I'm experiencing. I'm starting to see things I've never seen before. Look at this. He's going to increase your store of seed. Enlarge your harvest. You can be generous on every occasion. So what does this financial fruitful harvest look like? And this, this is the best part. I'm almost done. What does it look like? Well, we see this in Matthew 13, 8. It, st- it says that, you know, this, uh, this parable that Jesus is saying they're throwing, the, the sower is throwing seed. It fell on some good soil, some bad soil, but it also fell on some good soil where it produced a crop of, a, of 160 and 30 times what was sown. Now, when we say, if I put, a hundred, let's say I put $100 into the stock market, and I get a 100% rate of return. What does that mean? That means my money doubles. Now I get 200 back. All right? This says 100 times what you put in. So if I put in $1, I get 100 back. If it's 60, I get 60 back. If it's 30, I get 30 back. Any one of those is above the rate of return of any investment you could ever find on the face of this earth unless there's some illegal something going on, all right? If I put, if I sow $100 into the kingdom of heaven and get 100%, even 30%, 30 times back that, that's $30,000. $100, $30,000. That's just 30 times. Now, is God going to just give you $30,000? No. As one one guy put it, he says, opportunity comes in overalls. <laughs> God's going to give you an idea or an approach to things or something that you can put your elbow grease into, and God's going to start blessing you financially so that you can continue sowing seed and making a bigger harvest and sowing seed and making a bigger harvest. God wants to do that for each and every one of you. Amen. Believe you me. Believe you me. Where does it start? By sowing a seed, man. <laughs> try it out. Try it with $10. Try it with $100. But look at this. If I were to plant a peach, I take a seed from a peach tree, and I walk out into the desert behind my house, and I find the rockiest, driest land, and I put that seed in the ground, am I making any sense whatsoever? No. I'm going to go find some land that's fertile, that's going to be watered, that's going to be taken care of, and I'm going to plant my seed there. So when you decide to, to sow into the kingdom of heaven, find a ministry that's bearing good, strong fruit, that's good ground, all right? I believe our church is good ground, but there's many other ministries out there that are good ground. They're, they're changing lives for Jesus, Go sow your seed into good ground somewhere so that you can start seeing the fruitfulness that I'm talking about. All right, so let's look at this. Um, throw this, this little summary chart. All right, here's the, the bean counter of part of me is like charts and graphs and all that kind of stuff. But look at this. The giving principle, there's four of them. Give to the poor, 
What happens? The financial fruit, God will reimburse you. The, the Bible promises that I've experienced it over and over and over again. I give. God always, he, he takes care. He, he replenishes my, my supply, all right? Where's the scripture reference? Proverbs 19, or 19, 17. Tithes to the Lord. What's going to happen to you there? Open the, God's going to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you can't store it all. He's also going to protect you from financial disaster. And look at me. He's doing that for me. <laughs> He's protecting me. He can do it for you as well. He can do it for you as well. Give your first fruits. What's going to happen to you? Your financial fruit, your barns are going to be filled overflowing. What do you store in barns? What does a, a farmer store in barns? Believe it or not, it's mostly seed. It's, it's mostly seed. He's going to fill your barns with seed so that at the time of sowing, you will have seed to put into the ground so that at the time of harvest, you can reap and put some more seed in the barn and continue that virtuous cycle that we've talked about. The last one is plant your seed. What's the financial? I mean, a massive harvest, a massive harvest, more than you could ever dream of. There's one verse that I think I skipped over, didn't I? I'm sorry. Can you go back to Deuteronomy 8.18? And let me, just, let me just show you this. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability, that dunamis power. He gives you the power to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as he did today. Look at this. This scripture is not talking about your salary. It's not talking about your fixed income that you may get from Social Security or other source. This is talking about something that you haven't experienced yet. This is something totally different. This is sowing into the kingdom of heaven, and God is going to show you how you can produce more and more and more and more so that you can continue to give more and more and more and more. This is not something that's preached very often. <laughs> And if it's preached, it's preached with this yucky feeling of get rich quick, which is not what we're all about. This is about driving the kingdom of heaven. I'll tell you what, we want to fill this church. We've been here, what, six, eight months in this location. We want to fill this church two and three times, go find another place, get that up to about six, seven hundred people, and then we want to start planting churches. And guess what? It takes money to plant churches. We want to plant churches in the Segundo Barrio. I want a church over by UTEP. I want a church, uh, I want a ch another church on the west side, although they've got some big churches over there. There is plenty of souls that need to be saved, that need a local neighborhood church. God wants to use us to do this. But you know what? We've got to get our pocketbook in line with God's will for these things to actually to happen. All right? Are you with me? Amen. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we have a few short years on this earth to fulfill your will, Lord Jesus. God, it was said of David, God, that he uh, fulfilled your will or accomplished your purpose in his generation. Lord, I want it to be said of each and every one of us here today that we accomplished your purpose in our generation. If we're lucky, we have 80, maybe 90 years. Lord, help us to take advantage of every minute, every minute to make disciples for the kingdom of heaven. Every minute. 
Oh, Lord Jesus, help us to be serious about sowing seed, not just financial seed. Lord God, most of importantly, the gospel seed in people's lives, Lord Jesus. Sharing the good news of the gospel, Lord God, with every person we come into contact with, Lord, where there's a reasonable opportunity. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that we would would be sowers, Lord, that it would be said of each and every one of us that we are sowers, Lord, financial sowers, spiritual sowers, uh, Lord God, of your word, of your goodness. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I just believe, God, you're going to unleash, unleash such amazing blessing. We'll look back to this Sunday and last Sunday and say, oh, my word. Oh, I wish I would have known that 10, 20 years ago. I wish I would have practiced that 10 or 20 years ago. Because look what God is doing through me. Lord, you told Abraham, I will bless you, Abraham, and you, my friend, are going to be a blessing to others. And so it was. And so it was, Lord Jesus. You know, if you would like to take this journey, you don't even know what the first step is, but you'd like to take this journey with me, would you come up to these altars and we're going to pray a commitment prayer and say, God, I don't know exactly how to do this. Maybe you say, I don't tithe, but I want to start tithing. You know, I, I haven't sown, but I want to start sowing. And Lord, you've got to help me. If that's you, why don't you come up to these altars and let's pray together. Let's just pray that God helps us. Because you know what? You can't do anything, especially something like this, on your own. You need God's help. You need God's help. So let's, let's come up to the front and say, God, help me. Help me be financially fruitful. Help me. I can't do it on my own. I know my own tendencies. I know my own desires. I know my distractions. I know my spending habits. Lord, help me. Heavenly Father, we come, Lord Jesus, in commitment to you and saying, God, I'm not quite sure what the first step is, but I imagine the first step might be a little bit difficult. It's going to be a change for me. Lord, I need your help. So, Lord, I come up to the front here, standing here, and saying, God, help me. First of all, help me know what to do differently. Then give me the discipline and give me the desire and the will to do and to handle money differently from how I've been handling it before. Lord, I want to be, I want to give to somebody in need this week. Lord, help me there. Put somebody in my path. Lord, maybe I'll buy them a a hamburger. Maybe I'll help them a little bit, maybe with their rent and utilities. Who knows what it is, Lord? But I want to help them. So give me somebody to help this week, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, the tithe. My goodness, Lord, that's, that's tough. Lord, I don't do that, or I don't do it completely. Lord, would you help me to start tithing the way that you expect me to tithe? Lord, putting money into the kingdom of heaven so that the kingdom of heaven can be furthered. Lord, so that it can march forth in in its well-resourced and it's uh, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, the truth of the word of God. Lord Jesus, help us to start tithing. Lord, even if it's in baby steps, that's perfectly fine in my opinion. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, in the first fruits, Lord, I believe that you're going to start... Lord, we're going to see people getting raises. Lord Jesus, possibly starting a business and seeing some fruit from their business, Lord God. 
Who knows, Lord, but help us to, to bring that token of appreciation from that bonus or that little windfall that we received and say, God, look, thank you so much for my raise. <laughs> thank you so much, Lord, for, for this extra blessing. I, I wasn't even looking for it. Lord, you did it. And I want, to, I want to express and give you a token of my appreciation, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. And Lord, lastly, I pray that you would show us how and where and when to store to, to sow seeds into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, what 401k plan, what retirement plan, what return in the stock, stock market would promise a 30, 60, and 100 times return of investment, Lord Jesus? Oh, God, that's shocking. It's, it's, it's supernatural. It's, it's unusual, Lord Jesus. But Lord God, teach us and help us to begin to sow seed. Help us to begin to sow seed the way that you want us to, I pray. And I thank you, Lord, for all your help. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. <laughs>